This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. The show where you're not going to get over on me on a first date and just order up everything on the menu at Manny's. Telling you right now, that's not going to happen. Joining us now. From Public Notice, that's his newsletter. Aaron Rupar, you've heard him on the show many, many times. He joins us again here on this uh, this Wednesday evening. Aaron, how you doing, man? Not too bad. Thanks for having me, Henry. Hey, how you I'm, doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. I wanted to uh, chat with you briefly tonight because I look at this situation with the uh, the Speaker of the House and, and, and us as a country looking at what's going on in Washington and understanding or trying to understand the dynamics of what's happening right in front of us. Jim Jordan fails again to uh, accomplish being Speaker of the House. Um, What is your take on what has transpired here the last 48 hours with him and these couple of votes? Well, my take is that I'm going to have to be watching these uh, votes, you know, at least tomorrow and probably more days into the future because it doesn't seem like they're close to uh, getting this done. But um, I'm a little bit surprised because I guess part of me thought that Jordan uh, over the weekend would be able to line up the votes that he needed uh, to get this done. It seemed like he was confident that they wouldn't go to the floor until he had the votes, but he doesn't. And um, it actually got worse for him today. I think he lost about 15 votes yesterday. He could only lose five. And then today he lost about 20. So if anything, it seems like he's going in the wrong direction. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, if tomorrow there will be kind of a change where, you know, there's been some talk even of Minnesota's own Tom Emmer being a possible candidate for speaker. Um, if there'll be another candidate that's a little more um, kind of in the middle part of the Republican Party who emerges, because you know, I think the things to know about Jim Jordan is that he is basically the Freedom Caucus's candidate for this. Um, you know, he's a far right, uh, supported the you know supported the January 6th insurrection and trying to overturn the election. Um, you know, obviously he has been involved in uh, accusations that he helped cover up a sex scandal at Ohio State when he was a coach there. Um, He is chair of the Weaponization of Government Committee that, you know, has has really been pounding the Twitter files and, you know, trying to make it seem as though social media has been in the pocket of Democrats. And so, you know, he's a candidate that kind of represents that, that fringe of the Republican Party, and it doesn't seem to be working out. So I wonder if there is, you know, another candidate kind of coming down the pike here who might be a little more acceptable, um, you know, to people in the more moderate area of the party and then the uh you know the the, the party the, the part of the party that isn't freedom caucus extremists all right so so my, my follow-up question to that is with regards to jim jordan specifically is that to me it's a really bad sign when the second vote not only do you have not have enough votes um like you did the first time around but you actually are taking a step back so i guess in his mind what justifies 
number three, like try number three, because if you're losing people, that's not anything that is positive momentum at all. That's really strange to me, too. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of thought he might give it up after yesterday um, because, you know, you had some of the people who voted against him yesterday doing the rounds on TV uh, yesterday evening saying that they weren't going to vote for him today. Um, all indications are that it's going to be even worse for him tomorrow. Um, I don't know if it's just a deal where, you know, they have to figure out the speaker thing sooner than later just to get the House back up and running. And so, you know, it's like, um, you know, kind of Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. You just keep trying because that's the only thing that you can do. Um, but it does seem to me like where this is headed is, you know, with, with some sort of compromise, either with McHenry, who is the current kind of like temporary speaker who presides over these hearings. There's been some talk of empowering him maybe on a short term basis, making him speaker for a few months. Or if that is someone like a Tom Emmer, who might be more acceptable to moderate Republicans emerging as a candidate. But, yeah, I mean, that part of it is kind of a mystery to me, too, because it's, it's somewhat humiliating for Jordan, you know, to lose votes uh, from yesterday to today. And it sounds like it's going to be just as bad, if not worse from tomorrow. Yeah. And why he would put himself through that. I, I'm just not, I'm not clear on that either. We're talking to Aaron Rupar from public notice here on the Lake show on news talk, eight, three Oh WCCR. I got one more Jim Jordan question to ask you. Do you think the fact that Jim Jordan has never had a bill that's been enacted? Do you think that that is like one of the top things that people look at and say, hold on, like, I can't take you seriously. You cannot be that guy. Well, it emerged today, and I wasn't aware of this fact, that not only has he never had a bill that uh, he authored become law, but he's never even had a bill that he's authored emerge from a committee. So it's, it's even worse than, you know, it's like he hasn't even really tried to author a bill that even went through the process of becoming law. And I think that just kind of speaks to, you know, he's a far right bomb thrower. He's a guy who's on Fox News constantly talking about Hunter Biden and teaching Joe Biden. Um, and, you know, when you're on that plank of the party and that's kind of your identity, you're typically not a serious lawmaker and proposing legislation and things like that. So, you know, I was kind of curious to see if he became speaker, how that would work. You know, someone who doesn't seem to really understand the process of legislation being speaker. I mean, that seems like that could be quite bad. But he was making some indications over the weekend that, you know, he was going to pass a continuing resolution to keep the government open instead of pursuing a shutdown. So it seemed like he was trying to moderate a little bit, um, you know, in hopes that he would line up enough votes to get this done. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for me personally, that's pretty far down on the list in terms of not, you know, authoring legislation that became law of things that are disqualifying for him. But, you know, it's certainly not a good sign of how his speakership would have gone. I want to turn to Minnesotan. Tom Emmer. All right. So he's uh, the congressman from here, majority whip of the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, I know a little bit about Tom Emmer just in my time working at KFAN years ago and and working with him, uh, doing some stuff on some some weekend shows. Um, I never had I've never had an issue uh, with Tom Emmer. Uh, I think the political climate back in 2012 and 13 is much different than it is here in in 2023. Mm -hmm. But I guess my my question is this with relation to Tom Emmer is what what is his apprehension behind going to try to be the Speaker of the House? It's, it seems like he just really doesn't want to maybe step up and be put in that role. Am I reading that wrong? I don't know about that. You know, I haven't, I haven't talked to him directly to know what his aspirations are. I know that he was trying when it seemed like Jordan was going to become the Speaker to maintain his role as the whip. So we wanted to stay in leadership. And I think that's part of the reason that you see – some buzz for him. I mean, it's not that he's really achieved a lot in his role as majority whip, but 
you know, it's that he is not offensive and, you know, he does come across good on TV, seems nice enough. He's got a certain charisma to him and he's in leadership. And so he checked a lot of the boxes. Um, but I'm not sure if he's reluctant or not. I mean, I believe he got one vote yesterday from a Republican, uh, you know, as Jordan was as his uh, candidacy was sinking. And so there hasn't really been traction beyond that. I mean, I just mainly bring him up, obviously, because he's a local guy and it's kind of interesting to talk about him possibly being speaker. And there has been a little bit of buzz for it. Yep. Um, But I think someone like McHenry, you know, who is the presiding speaker right now during these votes um, and also seems very inoffensive. And, you know, I think it probably more likely be someone like him than an Emmer. But, you know, I could see if the stars kind of align, given that he's in leadership and he checks a lot of the boxes that we just talked about, that Emmer could be a viable candidate as well. Aaron, what, what has been kind of like your early analysis from maybe what you've read or what you've seen in terms of the trip for President Joe Biden going to Israel? Because um, what would you say is the initial reaction that you're seeing uh, across the, the political landscape of him traveling there? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's your early read there? So it's a really tricky thing to talk about, because even just before we got on this call, I mean, I'm noticing that on Twitter and Twitter is not representative these days, really, of like the general voting populace, but people are very on the left mad at Biden because they feel like he's been too friendly to Israel, that he's not, you know, pushing them hard enough to stop bombing Gaza, to show more restraint. You know, Biden publicly has called for restraint and he announced a hundred million dollar aid package to Palestinians. But I, you know, I'm definitely noticing among kind of the far left people that I engage with on Twitter, that there seems to be a lot of frustration and people saying they're going to vote for Cornell West and things like that next year. And I don't really think that's backed up by polling, which shows that, you know, most people think he should be even more supportive of Israel than he has been. So it's just a really tough thing to gauge when you spend time on social media like I do, um, because I don't think you're getting a representative sample. But, you know, for me, I thought that his speech today in Israel kind of hit a lot of the right notes in terms of, you know, talking about anti-Semitism and how this attack on Israel kind of fits into a history of Jews being persecuted, but then also talking about how the vast majority majority of Palestinians don't su- support Hamas and, you know, have a right to dignity and to, you know, not being bombed and, and those sorts of terrible things. So I think it's a really difficult needle for him to try to thread. And I think he's done a pretty good job doing it. But I do worry just based on what I'm seeing on social media, that there does seem to be a lot of disaffection on the far left. And if people do kind of coalesce behind the Cornell West type candidate, mm-hmm. that could really, you know, make or break his his chances of returning to, you know, of winning a second term. Yeah, we're talking to Aaron Rupar from Public Notice here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. I guess the, the last thing that I would ask you, Aaron, and we'll let you go, is... You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to perpetrate that I'm well-versed in everything that's going on with the conflict over there, right? Like, I like I like to read. You know, I, I like to use my Barnes & Noble card and read up on, you know, different things and stuff like that. And I do, a, you know, a ton of research for the show. But I think at the end of the day, one of the things to me that's so confusing is, and you mentioned it, you talked about social media, you talked about Twitter, and th- there's a lot of propaganda, there's a lot of misinformation. And, and, and just like you and everybody else, we're trying to sift through it all. But the question is this, do you think that we are, um, I guess, critical um, or giving enough criticism of the president or looking at this country and our support of Israel? And do you think that we should be more critical of all the times that we have supported them from this particular standpoint of looking at the people of the Palestinian people and understanding that there's a lot that's going on on with 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 them and and them dealing with 
you know, being uh, misplaced, uh, displaced rather, and having to deal with all the dynamics of their relationship between the two, it seems like a lot of times we're picking sides, and I hate picking sides with all of this. Yeah, I totally agree with you that um, I think, you know, the plight of Palestinians is something that isn't talked about enough in the context of military aid to Israel and the U.S.'s support of Israel over decades now. But, you know, the other kind of flip side of that is I think, you know, on the heels of the worst act of violence against Jews since the Holocaust, this horrible terrorist attack that occurred, you know, 10 days ago now, like that would be a pretty weird occasion to use for reassessments, mm-hmm. you know, because they're our ally. Um, they have been basically since the beginning of Israel, you know, 75 years ago, roughly. And so, you know, that's kind of those are two thoughts that are kind of difficult to reconcile, where I think long term, we certainly need to reassess kind of our unconditional military support for Israel in that, you know, they're brutalizing Gaza and many civilians. I mean, I think more Palestinian civilians at this point have died than than Israelis did in the attack. But um, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's true. a weird time. To ha- it's a weird time to have that conversation on the heels of this terrible attack that occurred. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Hey, Aaron, man, always a pleasure to uh, to to have you on the show. I look forward to it in the future as we get a more streamlined schedule of you coming on the Lake Show with everybody else that will be coming on here in the next couple of weeks as we unveil our new guest lineup. But thank you so much. And everybody out there listening, make sure that you uh, sign up for Public Notice's Substack newsletter. Uh, Aaron Rupar here on the Lake Show. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. All right, take care. That's Aaron Rupar joining us here on the show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 